0: Thank you, praise team. Thank you, Addy. If you appreciated the praise team, would you give them a round of applause today? Thank you. I love those that can can do more than I can do. Amen? And uh, I am so glad it's not me. (laughs) I'm thankful for a team of wonderful help and a team that has surrendered to what God wants to do. Are you glad you came to church today? Would you say amen if you are? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Mark. The book of Mark is where we're going to be today. We're going to begin a series this morning and we're going to take a break next week, but we'll resume this series over a course of a couple of weeks here as I believe it's important that Scripture reminds us that there are some important things that we may have forgotten are important in our life, day-to-day things that we can live out that will help us as Christ followers to continue to grow in our walk with him. And I've entitled this series, The Forgotten Virtues, The Forgotten Virtues. And some of those virtues that I think society and our culture and our life continues to shape us and move us away from are things like purity, things like loyalty, integrity gratitude art with the forgotten virtue of honor in our society in our culture today honor is something that seems that does not seem to be acknowledged the way I believe that it should why do you think that is well I want us to get to the bottom of that today to a little a little part of that a little degree of that but For us to understand what I'm talking about, I think in our own culture we forget sometimes what an honorable culture does practice and put into place. And so we have many, many missionaries across the world in the Church of the Nazarene, and I'm thankful that it's not just in the Church of the Nazarene, amen? But we have many missionaries that have gone out, that have been sent out into other cultures, into other ways of life and before they go, they need to understand the culture in which they're going into. I remember sitting down with uh, Jonathan and Brittany Kruse, uh before they went over to Africa. And I remember talking to them and uh, just talking to them about their call, talking to them about what they were doing and, and helping myself to understand in some way how I could wrap my head around the call to be a missionary, and I want to say welcome back, Matthew and Rachel, and appreciate you coming back in the summer, yes, and our very own missionaries, yes. As I was sitting with Jonathan and Brittany that day, I looked at Brittany and Jonathan and I said, I I admire you because you're going into a culture that you don't know. I could not do what you do. And I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your willingness to go into that culture. I have some, some friends of ours from Kansas City in our time in that church that have been called and sent out into a mission field that I cannot tell you about because it's one of those areas that we can't talk about where they're at for their safety. And I don't want to, to break that, um, that agreement <laughs> uh, for them. But they're in a culture that is an honorable culture. And in this culture, they have to do things that show honor to the people that they're meeting, they're interacting with. One of the things that they do to show honor is that as they meet somebody, you know, they don't go up and give them a big hug or, or stick their hand out and wrap their arms around them. They, they just simply give them a, a small bow just to say, I acknowledge you, it, it is an act of Humbling oneself to the person next to them. Another thing that they do is if you're meeting somebody in their home for the very first time, you take a gift to them. It doesn't doesn't have to be an expensive gift. It doesn't have to be something of of huge value, monetarily speaking, but something just to say, I appreciate you having us in. And there's there's an honorable way that they give these gifts and receive these gifts. And they were telling me that one of the ways they do that is, as you give that gift, you give that gift with two hands, And you offer that gift, and then the receiver of that gift receives that gift with two hands. Why two hands? Because then your hands are showing there's nothing else that can take my attention away from this. I'm giving you my full attention. I'm honoring you with my attention. Another thing in this culture that they would never do is they would never show the bottoms of their feet or the soles of their shoe I just dishonored you I'm sorry in that culture but so in other words if you came in my office and my feet are up on my desk which I don't think I've ever done in my life but if they were that would be dishonorable in this culture to show them the soles of your feet so so then I started thinking about what is in in the United States that is honorable and I started asking a few people what is it we do that's honorable and it, it was really hard to get an answer And I thought, why is that? Well, I think the reason, part of that reason is because we've lost sight of this virtue of what honor really is. We've lost sight of what it means to show honor in our culture today. So I want us to look at scripture today. This isn't BJ's opinion. This is God's word that will help us to recover, to redeem this virtue of honor so as we're going to look at this story in Mark's gospel, I want to give you a little background. We see in this story Jesus in his ministry, but before we get to this part of the story, I want to give you a little background. He's gone into the wilderness into the the Jordan to be baptized by John the Baptist. And as he's baptized, we've talked about this a few weeks ago, he comes out of the water and heavens open up and there's a loud voice and, and, and God is pleased with him. We talked about this last week. And, and as he is, comes out of the water and is baptized, then he goes straight into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. And then as he comes out of the wilderness, he begins his ministry. And he begins preaching the good news. He says, the time has come, repent. Repent. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is near. Boy, I could just stop right there. That is the good news, amen? amen. And Jesus begins his ministry. He's, he's going through these things and people begin to listen to him. He begins to have a following that is coming around him. He begins performing miracles and he's spending a lot of time with people spreading the good news of Jesus, Scholars will tell us that this time frame in between him being tempted and then this story that we pick up here in Mark's gospel is about a year's worth of time And Jesus' ministry has gone by as he's preaching, doing miracles, and the crowds begin to grow. And as the year has gone on, now he's going back to his hometown of Nazareth. Not his birthplace, but his hometown. He's going back into a place where people know him. People have seen him grow up. He's got friends there. They knew who he was and they knew his family. And then we pick up our scripture in Mark chapter 6, begin reading with verse number 1. You can follow along on the screen. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles that he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his relatives and in his own home. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Thanks be to God. As we read this text, there's a key phrase that Jesus says. That we need to understand today. And he says this phrase, without honor. Without honor. I believe it's important for us to know what this phrase means in order uh, for us to know what honor is. So let's unpack this a little bit. Without honor, this phrase in the original language is the word atimos. Atimos. And it means to dishonor or to treat as common or ordinary. Let me give you an example. We, we use this phrase or we live this phrase out in how we talk to people. How many of you in here are married? Would you just raise your hand? Okay. How many of you were married to one of those people that raised their hand and you didn't raise your hand? Would you? Okay. A few of you. I appreciate that. Here's one of those ways and here's an example. It's how we talk to those that we love, our spouse. Okay. We talk to them, and as we begin our relationship with them, I know this was true for myself at times, where you do everything you can to impress this person. You, just, you are just so head over heels. You love them. You want to treat them the best that they've ever been treated. And so you talk to them. You honor them with your language and your speech, and you praise them, and you encourage them, and you lift them up. But then as the years go on, that speech changes sometimes for some people. And we see how we talk to people becomes ordinary and common. And maybe we turn to a place where we begin to speak about our spouse as if they are just common and ordinary. Lord, forgive us for treating those that matter to us as common and ordinary. And so we go through and we just stop giving them honor and our spouses have been reduced to something ordinary rather than something valuable. So that's what this term without honor means. The term honor in the original language is the word Time. It's spelled like our word time, but it's pronounced teme. And honor means to value, to respect, or highly esteem, to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. Wow. I meant to bring this with me so I'd have a visual, but I didn't bring it with me. But I have something of value in my office that is a, if you look at it just by itself, it's a very common, ordinary piece of um, decoration that I use in my office. And it's a football. It's a football that's sitting on an orange kicking tee. It's just a common football, right? You could take that football and you could throw it around. And if I would have brought it with me, I could have thrown it to Pastor Greg and he'd thrown it back. We could play catch with it. But I sit it in a place in my office because I honor what this football represents. This football is a football that you gave me. And right on the inseam of this football says, Relentless Youth. And in that day in uh, February of 2014, When we began our next journey to Iberia, Missouri, you presented me with that football. It's a football that's been in my office ever since. I will never get rid of that football. Why? Because it means something to me. It's got the names of those people that were in our youth group during that time. It's got the names of people that I value, that I honor, that I appreciated. I will never kick that football in the yard. I will never throw that football around with my boys. That football is a piece of decoration that I honor, that I lift up. You see, honor is something that builds up. Dishonor tears down. Honor believes the best of a person and that they're valuable. Dishonor believes the worst. Honor gives value Dishonor, devalues. Let me go back to this illustration of our spouse for a moment. I was, uh, Alicia and I, when we do premarital counseling of any kind, we do it together, and so it's it's both husband and wife with future husband and wife, and we are able to to share with that couple some of the ups and downs that we've been through, and we kind of go through this together with them. And so we were counseling this couple, and, and, and in the process of this conversation, we started talking about, and, and it, wasn't, it wasn't a couple that was, it was, was not premarital counseling. This was marriage counseling. They had been married for a while. And as we had gotten to the conversation and we'd been talking to them, there was some back and forth, and we began talking about, well, what do you think the problem is in your marriage? And, and, and the, the wife, she began to, to just start throwing darts at her husband. Everything that could be wrong, she started just naming it. And she kept going. Then we tried to get the husband. Husband, what, is, what, is, what do you think is the problem with your marriage? Where, where can, where can, where's your side of the story? And he would begin to talk and then she would talk over him. And she would just put him back in his place. And then it would go back and forth like this, and we could see that there was a problem in the way that they communicated. There was a problem in what they thought of one another. And as it continued to go, the wife had the nerve to get up and say, You know, if my husband was half the man that yours was, then things would be okay. And my wife said, No! No! And this is why. My husband is the man that he is, because I honor him. You see, I give him value before he even deserves it. The way I treat him, the way I talk to him, I lift him up, I don't beat him down. And your husband could be twice the man if you would honor him with your words. Wow. You see, we sometimes get it backwards and we say, you know what? We have a saying that says respect is earned I want us to understand that honor is given. Respect is earned, honor is given. I know for personally I've gotten this backwards at times, and I've thought that I was giving respect when in fact I was honoring someone before they deserved it. I told my kids, and they asked me what I was preaching about. I said, I'm going to tell a lot of stories, so, so I'm going to tell a lot of stories for you today. One of the first rules I had back in 2012 to 14 when I was the youth pastor here was that the number one rule in our youth group was, I am going to give you respect until you give me a reason to not respect you. And I treated everybody with the respect. You as young people wanted to be treated as adults. You wanted to be treated as grownups. And so I'm going to treat you that way until you give me reason not to. Well, what I was doing, I thought I was giving respect, but what I was doing is I was giving honor to those students. And I was honoring them by saying, you know what? I'm gonna lift you up. I'm gonna build you up. I'm gonna treat you like you wanna be treated before you deserve it. Because as I honor you, you will live up to that standard. You see, respect is earned, honor is given. When you are honorable, we think sometimes, you know, we'll treat you with honor when you're honorable. And that's not it. It's backwards. We need to realize, I will give you honor so that you can often become more honorable. In the scripture today, we continue in this story. We see something incredible, something amazing in the very next verse. Mark 6, 5 and 6 says this, Jesus could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. You see, lack of honor and lack of faith in what Jesus was doing limited what he could do in his hometown. You see, The scripture says, can you go back to the slide right before it? It says Jesus could not do any miracles. It it doesn't say he would not do any miracles. It says he could not do any miracles. In other words, their reaction, their treatment of him limited what he could do. I think we forget that sometimes. Jesus is the Son of God and because of their lack of faith and their lack of honor, Jesus was limited. Let's remember something very clearly today. Honor lifts. Dishonor tears down. So today, in our scriptures, what can we learn about who are we called to honor? Who are we called to honor in our day-to-day lives? The first Section of people that I think we need to highlight and scripture highlights for us is we need to honor our parents. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 20 verse 12, Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. I've heard many of you parents and grandparents right here in this very church have shown this to be true. And I want to get old school for a minute. Is that okay? Somebody say amen. I'm going to get old school for just a minute. If you're a parent or a grandparent who has raised your kids to respond to you in yes sir, yes ma'am, I want to say I honor you as a parent, as a grandparent. I appreciate that. Because it's something that goes with them. It's something that they'll carry with them. I'm so thankful uh, about, you know, when I instruct our children to be honorable, to be respectful I'm so glad that they respond in this way. When they get a little lippy with me, it's like, no, your response is yes, sir. You get up and do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Do you understand why that's not okay? Yes, sir. Do you understand that you need to go do your chores so I don't do something I'm going to regret? Yes, sir. Right, Ronnie? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> He's so good with that. He is awesome at honoring his parents with that, and I'm thankful for that. You do the same thing, but we, we honor our parents by how we talk to them, how we respond to them. And this, I want you to know, I want you to get something. If you're, if you're a child in here, it doesn't matter how old you are how old your parents are, you need to get this. The Bible tells us this commandment, it's one of the big ten okay, this is one of the big ten but it's the one that comes with a promise if you honor your father and mother you will live long in the land, The Lord, what is that? the land the Lord is going to give you is a blessing you will live long in the blessing of God if you honor your father and mother that's good news folks you know and this is not something we do just until we move out Yes, sir. I felt checked on this as I was preparing this message because my dad and I went to a crossroads in life when I was a young man and trying to figure out things on my own. And we did not talk for about eight months of one year because of a choice that I made. And I did not honor my dad in that choice. And so we went those times, but when we came back together, my dad said something to me that I'll never forget. He said, BJ, you were trying to test your manhood and becoming a man, and I had to let you do that. He goes, now I am always going to be your dad, and you are always going to be my son. But we are going to live life as colleagues. We are going to have a back and forth that is different now. And I'll tell you what, I respect and honor my dad so much more now because of that. He didn't hold a grudge because I messed up. He didn't hold it over me because I made a mistake. But he said, going forward, we're going to do something different. And I felt checked this week as I was preparing this message because I started asking myself, do I still honor my dad and my mom? So as I've talked to my dad this week a couple different times and talked to my mom I've tried to make it a point. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I love you, dad. I love you, mom. Thank you for what you've done for me. Well, pastor, you don't know what my parents did to me. You don't know how bad they've hurt me. You don't know the abuse that I've been through. You don't know the trauma that I've been through. I cannot honor my mother and father. Oh, yes, you can. Because if, you're a surrender, if you have a surrendered heart to God, you can honor your father and mother. You see, they don't have to give it back to you for you to give it to them. Honor can be a one-way street. And I believe that as God shapes us and transforms us and we become surrendered to Him and to His Lordship, He will show us that we will honor because honor is given, not earned. The Bible instructs us, honor your father and mother so you may live long. That's good. We need to remember, who, do we, who are we called to honor our parents? The second group that we need to remember to honor are those in authority. Those in authority. This is a big issue in our country today, isn't it? Romans 13, 7 says, Give everyone what you owe him. Again, this is not BJ's word, this is God's word. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. You can go read that for yourself. It doesn't say, Give everyone what you owe him. If dishonor, give them dishonor. It doesn't say that. If sarcasm, then sarcasm. It doesn't say that. It says, if honor, then honor. If respect, then respect. I remember growing up in Pueblo, Colorado. I was just a a young boy at the time, but it was a political transition in our country. And I vividly remember this because President Clinton was coming to our little city. And I didn't know anything about the president. I just knew that people around me, the dominant voice in my life said that President Bush was a good president and now President Clinton was coming in. And who knows what's going to happen, but President Clinton was coming to our city. He was going to be driving his motorcade by our school. It was so cool. I remember it was so cool because we had everything set up to where we were going to watch as President Clinton drove by our school. And I, don't, I didn't care what his political stances were. I didn't care what he was, won the election off of. I didn't care about any of that. All I cared about at that moment was, I get to honor the president of the country. I get to stand outside and I get to wave at the president of the country. And I was taught, you know, this is a man in authority over us. He's in the highest office of our land. We need to honor those in authority. You know, we do the same thing. I don't know that any of us or all of us will ever be able to meet a president. I don't know. Some of you have. Some of you haven't. I don't know that I'll ever be able to meet a president, but I have been taught to honor those in authority over me. How many of you teach your kids to honor their teachers, honor their coaches, honor their bosses? I tell my kids all the time when it's coming to sports, I'm, my, my kids are at a place in sports where I don't get to coach them anymore. They got other coaches that are coaching them. I don't get to yell at the fence and say, oh, you should have done that. I get to go look at the coach and say, are you going to tell him that he shouldn't have done that? No, I don't get to do that. I get to tell my kids, when your coach tells you something, you listen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will do that. When your coach tells you something, you follow his instruction. When your teacher tells you to do something, you follow their instruction. I'm so thankful that our kids have teachers in this school system that have taught them. I still am trying to get them to do this at home. Pastor Greg, oh, I wish I could get them to do this. I need to ask them what their secret is. We have some wonderful music teachers in our school district. Mr. and Mrs. Bangert, they teach the kids, do what I tell you when I tell you to do it. My kids come home reciting that. But when I say, go, clean your room, go, take out the trash after this game. No! Do what I tell you when I tell you to do it. If you can do it at school, you can do it at home. Now I just mixed the two. That was free. That wasn't in the notes, but we got to honor those in authority, our teachers, our coaches, our bosses. You may say, pastor, I don't respect my boss. He doesn't know as much as I do. She doesn't know as much as I do. I can't, I just, I go and do my job and keep my head down, but I don't honor them. I don't respect them. Let me tell you this, if you want to someday be over others, if you want to be their boss, then you have to learn to be under them as well. Living in Kansas City, we were, we were, just, we were laymen in the church, and we were trying to find a way to get involved, and I had a call of ministry on my life, and I was getting frustrated that I wasn't in a church, pastoring a church, and so the pastor took me out to lunch one day, and he said, BJ, I need you to lead a small group. I said, I'd be happy to lead a small group. So we started leading this small group and then a few weeks into this small group series we were doing, he has me out to lunch again. He goes, BJ, I want you to know something. Our small group leaders are an extension of our pastoral staff and I need you to pastor that small group. I was so humbled. I was so excited. I was so ready. But he said something to me. He goes, I know that you have a call of ministry on your life and I just want to encourage you. As you become a great layman, you will become a great pastor. And I've never forgot that. If someday we want to be over others, if we want to be the boss, if we want to be the one in authority, then we need to learn to honor them when we're not. The next area the Bible instructs us to show honor is one that I did not want to include. This is hard for me to talk about this, so But I'm going to do it. I'm going to be obedient to God's word. God's word tells us that we need to honor our pastors and our church leaders. The Bible says, 1 Timothy 5, 17, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor. This is the only place in Scripture where the term double honor is used. Double honor, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. I, I'm privileged to be able to be in district leadership on our church and I'm, I'm humbled by that appointment that I've been given. And, and it's given me an opportunity to hear some stories from the from the higher ups, from, from our district superintendent and some of those other district leaders that I've had interactions with lately. And I remember hearing a couple DSs talk about a story where they were going into a church to do a, conduct a pastoral review. And in our church denomination, that happens in the first two years. A pastor is at the church and the DS will come in, the district superintendent will come in and meet with the church board, and they do a pastoral review over the pastor. And the DS is in, in this review after two years, and things have gone okay. There's been some growing pains, there's been some getting used to one another, but as the DS begins to ask them, what's going on in the church? What's going well? What's, what's some troubles? What's some hurdles you're facing? And the board begins to, to throw th- different things out there, and they're saying all these different things. And then the DS turns and he looks at the pastor and he says, Pastor, you tell me what you see as some of those hurdles. And the pastor would begin to give a hurdle and then a board member would talk over him. The pastor would say, this is another challenge we're having. Another board member would rationalize it. He'd begin to go down another, another example and another board member would then interrupt him and go. And so they go about the review and finally they get done with all of that. And the, one of the board members asked the DS... well, how are you going to fix us? How are you going to help us move to the next step? And the DS looked at him. He said, you really want to know? They said, yeah, we really want to know. He says, you need to repent as a church board because you're not honoring your pastor. Every time he spoke, you spoke over him. Every time he instructed or criticized, you rationalized You're not honoring your pastor. You're not honoring the the person that God has put in charge to lead this church in this time. You're not honoring him and so therefore God will not honor you. This This is a really cool story because the board took that to heart. They repented And in the next two years following this review, this church doubled in size. They had more baptisms in those two years of new believers than they had in the last 10 years at that church. Wow. Why? Because they showed honor to those pastors and church leaders in their life. You see, the reason that I can do what I do as your pastor is because you have shown me honor. You have shown me honor, and I'm so thankful for that. You called the youngest senior pastor in the history of this church when you called me to be your pastor. You honored me. See, the Bible says in Romans 12.10, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. This is written to church people, folks. We should outdo one another in showing honor. Anybody here willing to admit they're competitive? A couple of you? If you're really, yeah, you're really competitive because your hand is going up higher than anybody else's. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. If you're competitive, then let's turn this into a game. If somebody's blessing you in the church, would you show them Honor if somebody's taking care of your kids right now so that you can enjoy this wonderful sermon, would you show them honor? Would you outdo somebody else and they show honor? Would you send a card, maybe two, maybe even include a gift card to those people that are showing you honor in the church? Wow, let's outdo it. If, if, somebody, if you see somebody in front of you, hold the door. Maybe you hold it for two people. I don't know. God will show you what to do. But the God's word right here, it tells us, outdo one another in showing honor. Does someone make your life easier at work? Honor them. Is somebody showing you honor? Return and outdo their honor. Go for it. I encourage you. I challenge you. Outdo them and see what happens in your life. I want to take a moment and honor some people in my own life today. I want to honor my wife. She's my bride, she's my helpmate. She's my biggest fan. When I don't feel like I'm good enough, when I've been ready to throw in the towel, she just says, BJ, no, this is what God's called you to. I love my wife. And I know she's up there honoring all of us right now. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for her call in ministry. I love my wife. I wanna honor her, I wanna honor my kids. I tell people being a dad is the hardest thing anybody will ever do, but it's also the most rewarding. My kids at times are the biggest pain in my life. And you might say, that's not honoring, that's putting them down. No, my kids are the biggest source of hope in my life. My kids are the biggest source of love and understanding God's unconditional love. Because no matter what my kids do, I will always love them. No matter what they do. Well, Dad, I may dishonor you and I may run away from your teaching and all that you're doing. This church stuff, I'm done when I'm done out of this. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to pray for you. I'm still going to hold you close to my heart. I love my kids. Thankful for my kids. They see My worst, and they see my best. I want to honor my staff today. Thankful for you, Greg. Thankful for Marilyn. Thankful for Alicia. Thankful for Michelle. I wouldn't be the pastor that I am if it wasn't for these people. They do their job so I don't have to. They do it well because I can't do it well. We make a great team. I love my staff. I'm thankful for them. Do we always see eye to eye? No. Do we always agree on every approach to ministry? No. But they honor me, and I honor them. I want to do anything I can for them. If they do well, then we all do well. I love my staff. We're a team. I want to honor my church. I want to honor you today. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that you're here. I'm thankful that you've come back. Amen? I'm thankful that you're, that you're trusting your church leadership to come and worship in person. I'm thankful that you're here. I'm thankful that you take care of us. A week does not go by in our home where we are not thankful for the home that we live in and the many blessings that we have because of you. And I say thank you, appreciate you. I want to honor my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You're the very reason I wake up in the morning. It's because of what you did on that cross that gives me motivation, that gives me hope, that helps me understand what love is. I want to honor you because you impart your power into my life. I love you. Thank you for loving me. I want to honor my Savior and my Lord. You see, the reason our culture is dishonoring is because people are not honoring God. You who fear the Lord, praise Him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor Him, revere Him. All you descendants of Israel, Psalm twenty-two, twenty-three. 23. Is God valuable to you? Then honor Him. Don't treat God like He's your, your, your homie. Can I use that term? Your homeboy. Don't treat God like He's something common or ordinary. Don't don't disrespect him or disvalue him by thinking that he's just some big guy in the sky. God is not some trophy that we can reduce to putting on our shelf. He is the risen and conquering king, and he is worthy of our honor. You see, when we honor God, we will honor his people. We share the same name, Christians. Christians. His name is on their hearts. His fingerprints are on their life. And when we realize that we honor God by honoring others, we reclaim this forgotten virtue of honor. Will you join me in reclaiming this virtue? I want to close with this final story. Are there any baseball fans in here? A couple of you. The rest of you, go ask one of them that raised their hands what this story is about, okay? Babe Ruth was one of the greatest ball players that ever played the game. Babe Ruth was an incredible power hitter of his time. Babe Ruth was not just a hitter, he was also one of the greatest pitchers that 's ever pitched in the game of baseball. You see, Babe Ruth went about his entire career and he became so. Um, well known and, and received so many accolades and one of those as they began to have the home run contest, Babe Ruth would be in there and he would hit home run after home run and one of the things Babe Ruth did one year is he signed seven baseball bats with his signature, Babe Ruth on those home run contest bats. Seven of them. The story goes that as the Babe was Uh, retired and getting older in age, he still had his manager helping him. His mother was very sick, was in the hospital. She was being taken care of over and over by this one incredible nurse. And as Babe's mother passed on, he wanted to honor that nurse. And he told his, his, his manager, his assistant, he said, give that nurse one of those bats. So that nurse, she she knew that Babe Ruth was a great baseball player, but she took that bat and she, this is kind of cool, she put it in a box and threw it under her bed. Time goes on. Story goes, the nurse grows old and as she passes on her heirloom, she passed on this bat. One, two generations. And as her granddaughter gets this bat, she takes the bat and sees whose signature is on this bat. And she knows the story of her grandma being a nurse and she knows the story of taking care of of Babe Ruth's mom and then how her mom took care of others and now she's in the same line of work. But she wants to have a change of career. And she wants to open up her own restaurant. She doesn't have the money to. So she goes and she goes, I got this wooden bat that's in a case that might be worth something. She takes this bat to an appraiser and in 2006, this bat that she took, I'm going to make sure I get this right, was appraised for $1.3 million. So she opened a restaurant. She had some money left over. They said, what are you going to do with that money? She goes, I'm going to give it to the hospital. I'm going to donate it in honor of Babe Ruth. They're like, why would you do that? There's so much money here. You could do so much good. It will help you and your family. She said, because Babe honored my grandma, and I want to honor that same desire he had to honor those that care for others. So I want to honor those nurses, and those in the medical field that are taking care of others. Because he showed honor back then. I want to show honor to him now by giving back to what he cared about. You see, we can learn from Scripture a lot of things about honor. Scripture warns us finally about not showing honor, how God designed us to. In Isaiah 29, the Lord says... These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. We must never forget to show honor. When we are a committed follower of Jesus Christ, the only reasonable response is to use our life as an honor to Him. Amen? I got some homework for you today. If you're following along, I want you just to think about this homework for a minute. The first thing there is you see a question there. Who do you need to honor more? And I gave you a blank because some of you, I know, take this home and you look over it from time to time. I want you to write a name in there, somebody that the Holy Spirit prompts you to show honor to. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's a person in authority over you. Maybe it's somebody in the church. Who do you need to show more honor to? And then think about this. What can you do to show them more honor? And then finally, all of our homework is this. What can you do to show God more honor this week? How can you outdo showing honor this week to God, to others, to our parents, to those in authority over us, and to those in our church? Would you stand with me this morning? Let's pray together. Dear Lord, as we come to the close of this worship service, as we recall and resonate what you have said to us through your word today, God, I praise you and I honor you today for being here, I honor you for the miracle of preaching that you do each and every week. God, you mean everything to me, and I know that we would not be in this place if you did not mean something to us today. So I thank you for meeting with us here today. God, today, I pray that you would just bless our parents today, our mothers and our fathers. Lord, would you just touch them with an incredible blessing today? Would you meet their needs? Would you help them to have what they need to be the parents you've called them to be? God, I pray for those in authority over us today. I pray for wisdom and discernment. For those in authority in our government, for those in authority in our workplaces, in our schools, and in our lives. God, I pray that you would help us to honor those in authority over us. May you draw them to yourself. May, may they be seeing you in how we honor them. And God, I pray for our church leaders today and our pastors. I pray, Lord, for strength. I pray, God, that you would help us to lead others to be fully devoted followers of you. God, help us. Increase in us a desire and ability to show honor to those around us and to build them up instead of tearing them down. And as we go from this place, God, I pray that you would help us to honor others in everything we do. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen, amen. Have a great day. May the Lord bless you. We'll see you tonight.